Hey, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be remembering today in this communion time the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul wrote not just a theological work, he wrote a very practical one to the Romans that he loved. The, the Roman world at that time was a lot like our own, and so many parallels in what Paul wrote to them. In Romans chapter 5, he concludes all of what he said in the first three chapters about what Christ has done, his sacrifice, saving us, justifying us, redeeming us back by his blood. And therefore, what we have because of all of that. And this is the way Paul put it in Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray for a moment. Father, we've been learning in our series in 1 Peter that people are grasping for hope everywhere. And we've learned that our hope is only as good as that which we have our hope in. Today, God, you have given us a hope that is secure because it's rooted in the person of Jesus. And so I pray today, God, as we open this word, you'll speak to us and prepare our hearts for remembering you at this table, for you are worthy. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. A few years ago, I was traveling down Lone Tree Way, driving 45, which is the speed limit, and a police officer pulled me over. He said, do you know why I'm stopping you? I said, actually, I don't. He said, you were going 45 and a 25. I said, 25? I didn't see the sign change. He said, yeah, it's a school zone right back there. I said, wow, man, I missed that. I was really hoping the police officer would say, you know, it was an honest mistake, no big deal, no ticket, but he didn't. When I went to traffic court, I was hoping the judge would say, no big deal, it was just a mistake, but he didn't. You see, I had hoped for a number of things through that whole process, but none of those hopes were realized. It's a lot like our hopes today, isn't it? We, we hope for many things, but they go unfulfilled. Because many times what we're holding on to is not really a hope. It's a wish or a dream. And we've been learning in 1 Peter that a hope is very different than that. As we've been learning, a hope is to have a desire for something and a degree of certainty that that desire will actually be fulfilled. Our hope is only as secure as what we put our hope in. And communion reminds us that our hope for forgiveness and heaven and eternal life is very secure because our hope is rooted in the person and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Communion is our reminder of the death of Jesus and all that it means for us who believe this meal is a memorial. This do, Jesus said, as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. We've shared many times at communion that eating this meal will not make you a Christian. This isn't what gets your sins forgiven. This won't earn you any grace or get you into heaven. 
The only way to be saved from what sin has done is by faith accepting the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as sufficient payment for our sins. That when he died, our sins were paid for. He was buried in a tomb. He rose again three days later. He conquered sin, death, and the grave for us, and he's alive. And he's offering hope, forgiveness, and eternal life to all who will believe and receive him. For by grace, we are saved through faith. Eating this meal will not do that for you. But eating this meal, as Jesus intended, reminds us of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Communion reminds us that our hope is secure because our hope is in Christ. What is that hope that we have? Well, Paul told the Romans it's a hope that we have peace with God, we will share in the glory of God, and that we have been given the love of God. Communion reminds us that we have hope and our peace with God. In Romans 5, he said in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Peace with God. My wife Carla and I rarely disagree. And I've learned over the years, I just do exactly what she tells me, and it works. Never have any arguments. I, I see that hand over there, yes. <laughs> Once in a while, though, we do have a disagreement. And I'll tell you, whenever that happens, I feel very unsettled inside. In fact, nothing seems to go right when I know something isn't right between us. I've got to get that thing discussed, talked through, and fixed. Because when you love somebody, you can't feel peace when you know things aren't right between you. And what's true in our earthly relationships is even more so in our ultimate relationship. Because there can be no peace until there has been peace with God. Peace with God is our greatest need. Paul said, therefore, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mankind is naturally at war with God, and I know we don't like to think of it in those terms. But the Bible is very clear in its description of what sin has done to alienate us from God. In fact, some of the words the Bible uses are, you are alienated from God, you are separated from God. By nature, you are objects of wrath. In verse 10 of Romans 5, he said, you are God's enemies. Now, these are strong words. We must not forget that God loves us, but he can't have relationship with us. There will be no peace between God and man as long as sin remains. And all of us have sinned and fall short of his glory, all of us. So God moved to pay for sin, removing the barrier and making peace possible. That's why Paul said through his sacrifice, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We're justified. See, to be justified is a legal term. It's to stand before the bar of God's justice, knowing that we are guilty in our sin, having accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and God takes that acceptance by faith of that sacrifice, applies the grace that we need, and we are justified. The word means literally declared righteous at God's bar of justice. 
Our sin is paid for. The law demand has been met. We don't have righteousness in our own, but God takes the righteousness of Christ and applies it to our account. We are declared righteous. We are justified at God's bar of justice. That's why Paul would go on to say to Romans 5 and verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? It's all by grace, through faith. That's what the hope of every believer is every day if you are living in the grace of Jesus Christ. People, I don't wonder if things are okay between God and me anymore. There was a time in my life when I didn't even know God. I would use his name, but it wasn't complimentary. I sinned against God every day, and I didn't even know I was. And if you'd have asked me, I'd have told you I was going to heaven because I thought I was a good man, but I wasn't. I was a sinner, and I was separated from God. And I still sin. Thankfully, by God's grace, I sin less than I used to, but I will not be sinless until I'm in the presence of Christ and be like him. I still sin, and I hate it. I confess it, and by God's grace, he helps me to get stronger so in those areas I don't repeat all the time. But even now when I sin, I have no doubts that I'm still at peace with God. Because you see, he paid for me. He paid the price for me. He declared me righteous in his sight. And I'm his child. So my sins are not going to destroy that peace anymore. I have relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's my hope. And that's the hope of every believer who has come to trust Christ as their Savior. We're at peace with God. And not only the hope of peace, but communion reminds us that we have the hope of the glory of God. I love this part. It says in verse 2, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. When I was a boy growing up in rural New England, my childhood hero was Carl Yastrzemski. Anybody recognize that name? You are exposing your age. Carl Yastrzemski was the left fielder, eventual first baseman in the 60s and early 70s for the Boston Red Sox. He was my childhood hero. I wanted to be just like him. He batted left, so I batted left. He threw right, so I threw right. He wore number eight, so I wore number eight. He went to the Hall of Fame, and that's where all similarity stopped. I, there was no comparison. See, I had hoped for years that I might be like Carl Yastrzemski, but that hope was unfulfilled. I will never be like him. When I was 25, I met Jesus for the first time. And I wanted to be like him. And you know what he told me? 
Someday, Larry, you will be. That's the promise he's made to all of us. You want to be like me? Someday you will be. When the Apostle John learned this great truth, he was overcome. I don't know if I can read with the excitement the way this is written in the Greek language, but 1 John 3, verse 1, John wrote this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Communion reminds us that Jesus died for more than getting us a ticket to heaven. Jesus died that we may have the hope of sharing in his glory and being like him. That's why Paul said, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, verse 2. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. We're not only going to share in his heaven forever, we're going to share in his glory forever. We're going to be like him. And we're going to live with him. Unending. Paul told the Romans, that's why we have to go through suffering and trials. There's a purpose in what we go through. The Bible says that even Jesus learned human obedience and the things he suffered. God in human flesh learned what it was like to live out his humanity. He learned what it was to be fully human and to experience that in the things that he suffered. He was made like us in every way, but was without sin, so that one day he might give his life and we could be like him. It's amazing. And God uses suffering and trials to perfect us and build into us perseverance, character, and hope because we're being made into his image. That's why Paul said, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. It's the same thing Paul would later write in Romans 8, in verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What is that purpose? Look at for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. People, that's not a mistake. It's written in the past tense because it's a done deal. We have been called, we have been justified, we have been glorified. Now, you and I, are just living out the process by which that future glory of being like Christ is going to be revealed in us. And when we are like him and that hope is fulfilled, it'll make anything we've endured here not even worth remembering, Paul said. Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. If you have that hope in Christ, you will not be disappointed. You will see him as he is. And you'll be like him forever. That's our hope. And not only hope of the peace with God and hope in the glory of God, but communion reminds us of our hope in the love of God. Look at verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I don't ever remember a time when my dad told me that he loved me. I don't remember it. But I know he did. And I know it by the way he lived, by the way he treated us. My dad came out of the World War II generation. He wasn't an overly talkative man. But I learned later he showed his love by going to work every day, keeping a roof over our head in hard times. We were never rich by any stretch, but the basics were always there. He made sure food was on the table. We had shoes to wear to school. He showed how much he loved by what he did. I've never heard God audibly tell me he loves me. And most likely you haven't either. I've read in his word that he does. And I know he does because of what he's done. In fact, when I read God's word, he tells me he created me. He sustains me. Life and breath and everything else. And when I was lost in sin, he gave his son to die for me so he could save me. See, communion reminds me and all of us of the hope that we have and the love of God is demonstrated in the sacrifice of Jesus. The Apostle Paul reminded the Romans of the hope we have in God's demonstrated love. Remember in verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He went on to say in verse 6, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't go to the cross because I loved him. He didn't go to the cross because I was a good guy or living it out or honoring his name. In fact, when I was most in rebellion against him, he demonstrated his love by saving me. There, there, there's almost nobody, Paul said, who will ever do that for anybody. Die for your enemies. Die for those who revile your name. Die for those who are fighting against you. God's love does that, though. While I was still in the midst of sin and rebellion against him, he died for me. 
Paul said this kind of love, it's poured out into your heart through the Holy Spirit that's given to us. People, when you receive Christ, when you believe and receive Christ in your life, the fullness of God comes to live in you in the person of his Holy Spirit. God is love. And the fullness of God's love is poured out in you every day through the love of Christ, through the love of the Holy Spirit. We can live every day knowing this love and having it confirmed by God's Word and the Spirit of God who reminds us of God's love and the cross where we see it demonstrated. And we have the hope that nothing will ever separate us from that love. You remember what Paul wrote in Romans 8, verse 31? What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is that the right hand of God is also interceding for us. I mentioned earlier today that we were at a meal last night and we were sitting around the table and we were talking about how in the world can God pray for 7 billion people in the world? How can he hear the prayers of 7 billion people, know their thoughts? How can he have communication with that many people? And I said, when you have infinite mind, you can pray for and receive prayers from seven billion people as though it was one person. God's infinite mind allows him to be praying and interceding for every single one of us who have trusted him. Imagine that. You're not going through a moment in any day when Christ isn't aware and interceding for you. Amazing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? It's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul is saying, look, we go through hard times. Some of us are dying. Some of us are persecuted. Yes, we get hungry. Yes, we have sacrificed much and gone through the ringer. Does that mean we're separated from God's love? No. And all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, our Lord. You have a hope like that? Paul said in verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. That word shame is the word for regret or fear of being ashamed. Paul said, if you put your hope in the love of God, you'll never have to fear that your hope was misplaced. You'll never regret putting your hope and faith in the love of God as was demonstrated at the cross. When I went into traffic court some years ago with that ticket, I had a hope, but I had no confidence. See, I didn't know the judge. He didn't know me. I was the lawbreaker. He was the judge. By law, I was guilty. 
by law he had to adjudicate that. He could have paid my fine. He could have just slammed his hammer down and said, I find you innocent, you're set free, and the law demands would have been met. But he didn't do any of those things because I was guilty. And he had no reason than to make me pay the penalty. My hope in him was misplaced. Someday, I'm going to stand before the bar of ultimate justice. And I'm going to face the ultimate judge. And by the way, so are you. And I can hardly wait. Because you see, I know this judge. He's my father. And I don't worry about what's going to happen that day because I'm at peace with him. Not only that, but in that moment, I'm going to be wearing the glory of his son. I'm going to experience the love of God in greater measure than I've ever known. All because of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. That's the Jesus we're remembering today at this table. The one who said, this bread is my body and this cup is my blood. It is given for you. And therefore he said, as often as you eat this, remember me. The one who is your hope. Father, the world today is grasping for hope. And everything they try fails until they come to you. Thank you for being a God who's fully in charge, whose every promise is true, so that those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. As we come to this table today, God, we're coming to remember the sacrifice of Jesus that made this hope possible. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen.